All right, everybody, you know, we've talked a lot, my goodness, about success, significance, you know, the role that our work has uh, in our life. You know, it's something that we, you know, we just, we're all thinking about, grappling about, and, you know, think about it, success. It's something we are all chasing. And I got to tell you, like in my past, when I achieved what the world told me was success, it was probably one of the most miserable times of my life. Uh, you know, it's a place you guys have probably heard me, you know, describe as this place of smoldering discontent. And a good friend of mine, Dennis, said, hey, you need to talk to my friend Janelle, Janelle Bruland. And she has written a book called The Success Lie. And I was so intrigued. And I looked at what Janelle had done. And I said, oh, man, we have to have you on the podcast. So, Janelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here because, you know, one of the things you wrote here that I love, right, that, you know, the truth is that we all desire that, you know, this life that matters, that we get to our full potential. But for a lot of us, there's this gap between like what is and what we think could be, right? And here's the question is, we kind of get stuck like in, on this treadmill as we start to kind of live this life of mediocrity, we start to kind of lose sight of some of these dreams and goals like, I'm in the middle of writing a book myself and I looked back on the time early on when I was in Navy flight school and I was pursuing this dream of getting my gold wings and pursuing this dream of becoming a fighter pilot. And that dream just drove everything that I did. And then later on in life, as I'm at the pinnacle of business, there was nothing driving me other than everything I thought I should do or was, was expected of me. So you guys, here's a little background on Janelle, right? You were voted here. Where is this? Uh, the Small Business Association, SBA, Washington Business Person, should be Business Woman of the Year because you beat all the men. I just want to put that out there, <laughs> right? And the Nellie Cashman Woman Business Owner of the Year. Everybody listening, Janelle has just been an incredibly successful entrepreneur. She's now an author, a speaker. She does high-performance coaching to leaders and executives. She founded her own company, the Management Services Northwest. And you started that in your living room back in 95. And now I'm, we're, we're on Zoom. I can see where, where, where you're from. Just this beautiful office. And, uh, and you've worked a number of, uh, you've been named fastest growing private company by Inc. Magazine. The CPO of Microsoft, Mike Sims, described you as a true pioneer in your field. So you're also the co-founder of Legacy Leadership. And that's a leadership development company that teaches business professionals how to build a legacy, transform your leadership, love their life. And, and you recently wrote a book. You're also a believer. And so we were just kind of talking before we hit record here. And just, I tell you, I just love, you know, who you are, where you're coming from. So I'm excited about this conversation. But you just wrote, the book has an intriguing title. So listen to this, everybody. The Success Lie, Five Simple Truths to Overcome Overwhelm. Who's feeling overwhelmed out there? And achieved peace of mind. And I got to tell you, Janelle, sometimes when I've been in the middle of overwhelm, peace seems like one of the most like unattainable goals that I could possibly have. So mm -hmm. we're going to dig into some of this. But before we do that, I'd really love for you to kind of share a little bit about your own entrepreneurial journey and kind of what led you to what you're doing now and in even writing this book. Okay, you bet. Well, it was over 20 years ago that I started my own entrepreneurial journey. I made the uh, simple yet big decision to become an 
entrepreneur, and I actually did this when I was nine months pregnant with my second daughter. Okay, well, and, hold on, hold on. What, <laughs> what were you doing at the time? Well, I had been working in the medical field as an administrator. So I was, was working in the, you know, the day-to-day work world. I was putting in a lot of hours, and I decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I think because I wanted to be my own boss was one. I thought I would have more freedom of schedule. And so I decided to start this company in my living room and thought it would be a great side investment for me, would provide me some freedom and also allow me to be a mom. So that was really how the journey started. And and it was a service company, a small contract cleaning company that I started in our town and had just a handful team members and clients at the time. And I thought if we just took really great care of these clients, that they would refer us to others and the company would grow. And that's exactly what happened. I began to build a great team and a great group of client partners. And as they would ask us to to do more services, as an example, I mentioned contract cleaning, they would say, you know, hey, can you do some of these other things for us, like, you know, paint our facility or our landscaping services. And so as we started providing uh, those services, we added more as our clients had needs and the company grew. And now today we are an industry leading company that is uh, serving the region in the Northwest, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho primarily. And we have about 450 employees. So it's been a fun journey and really uh, certainly challenging along the way. And I've learned a lot. So think about that. So everybody, 20 years ago, you're nine months pregnant. You're about to give birth with your first? Second child. Second. So you know what you're in for. I know what I'm in for. for. And you're like thinking, well, I don't want to go back into the healthcare field as an admin because I know the hours. I know what they're expecting. So you really want to be a mom, but you also have, where do you think that I mean, you could, in a, it's a noble calling, say, you know what, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. Where did that for you come in and say, you know what, I, I want to start something? What was mm. that? Yeah, well, I had been doing a number of things on the side. I'm one of those people that's always kind of going after different things and curious about what's next. And so I had gotten into real estate at a really young age and had done property management and some consulting. So I was doing that on the side as things were going along. And I found that I really enjoyed working for myself and had a knack for it. And so really it was, I think the desire to have my own thing just really, it showed in doing these little ventures that I'd done that I was kind of had that entrepreneurialism inside me and wanted to start something and grow something. So that's really how it started for me. And I thought this would be a great opportunity for me at the time, like I said, a side investment while being a mom. And then of course it, it just became a, it became a lot more as we moved on. Yeah. And I guess, you know, to start it out of your house with a few friends and cleaning contracts. So your investment was probably pretty reasonable, pretty modest, right? At the yes, time. Yes, yes, absolutely. And well, going from that kind of it almost started out as kind of like this low cross probe to now three states, 400 people being written up in ink. What were, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, right? What were some of the highs and lows you experienced over this journey? There's probably, we could probably spend the next couple hours telling stories. <laughs> what are some of the ones that maybe jump out at you? Uh, well, definitely. Well, it is certainly challenging to grow a company. And there was a lot of challenges along the way in building a business. And I would say one of the biggest 
challenges that came along is when we entered the Great Recession. And we were doing really well at the time. We had had a period of exponential growth, uh, had a great team around us, wonderful clients around us. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody turned off a switch and the world changed. And clients that had been doing really well were suddenly struggling. We had employees that were working for us that had family members that lost jobs. Uh, one of our client partners of over 13 years was shut down by the FDIC. And it just became a time of fear for a lot of people. Our own construction division dropped 30% overnight. And so all of a sudden, things were changing very quickly. And it was a really scary time to be a business owner. What do you do when you're kind of sitting there you know, looking at your books, looking at your, I'm guessing you moved into negative cash flow. You have all these wonderful employees that are counting on you, but your clients, the people that you're partnering with just literally can't afford to, you know, keep working with you. You know, what was going, you know, what was the process maybe you thought through as you're just sitting there looking at like, how do I solve this problem? Yeah, great question, John. Well, I certainly didn't do it perfectly. There was a time during that period where usually, let me back up a little bit, usually I am always the optimist and the cheerleader for the team. I see where we're going and I have this great vision and I, I bring people alongside me. But things were so upside down and everybody was saying, hunker down, you know, wait till everything blows over. And I got caught up a bit in this spirit of fear and I had one of my managers pull me aside and say, hey, Janelle, you're always the one that puts the wind in our sails, but you can also be the one to take it out. And that was really a wake-up call to me that how I show up as a business leader for my team is so critically important. They're looking to me. And I may not have all of the answers, but it's my job as the leader to lead uh, with courage. And so I certainly did a lot of soul searching at the time. I uh, talked to a lot of colleagues that I respected. I didn't isolate, which I think is a common mistake that entrepreneurs can make is they can isolate themselves. And so I made sure that I was spending time with the right people. And I, I really made the decision to make some bold moves in, in what was a difficult time. And, and one of those was deciding to actually expand our business during that time. We were in a really tight office space that we had outgrown. And I made the decision to purchase an office building at that time that was twice the size of our of the one that we had. What year was this? 2009. Jeez, you yeah. are. <laughs> that is a bold move. My goodness. Yes. But making that decision and showing up with courage to my team that actually allowed us to be able to grow. And we had an opportunity to bid on a larger contract during that time. And my decision when everything was kind of shutting down around us was to expand outside of the area we were working in. So if our own construction division and other areas were shutting down, then you look for where the opportunities are. And so you just have to get out of the box. And that's what we did. I sat down with the team and we really strategized, okay, so if this area is shutting down, what opportunities do we have? So, and we went after one of those and we ended up award, being awarded that. And because we made that bold move of purchasing an office space that was better for us, allowed us to grow, we really were able to take on this new opportunity and we wouldn't have been able to do it. Otherwise. Yeah, 
what role did your faith play during this kind of time? Because I can imagine, and I understand it, right? You have the spirit of fear. You know, you're like, okay, I have to show up and be more courageous. Although, you know, that ambiguity as a leader, when you don't know the answer, but you do need to show up strong for your people, that is a place of some significant tension for people. And so how did your faith play a role in that part, in that storm that was happening? Yes, good question. Well, it's all about giving your business back. And I did that over and over through the course of of my business, where when I had the questions that I could answer, it was always taking it to the Lord in prayer. And so oftentimes I was finding myself in the driver's seat, uh, plowing ahead. And that's not what we need to be doing. And so it was a constant reminder to myself, and especially in challenging times, it's God, this is your business. You bless this business. You blessed us with wonderful clients. You blessed me with a wonderful team. This is your business. What do you want me to do? And lead and guide me here. And that's really what you have to do in those kind of circumstances. And then surround yourself with other believers that can lift you up, making sure you're surrounding yourself with people it's one of the things that I talk about in my book. The relationships are so important. You need to be surrounding yourself with other business leaders that are lifting you up, that are challenging you to be your best, or challenging you to follow your calling. And so that's what I would do, and, and to not isolate, as I mentioned before. I think being in the community is so important. And here's a question for you. When you had some of those challenging times, and I've heard from some of our listeners, it's the reason I asked this question, and you're like really trying to get some discernment about that next step. Sometimes we're not going to have the clarity that we might need, but we're, I've always looked at it from the perspective of what's that discernment for that next small step that's where God wants me to put my foot, even if sometimes to myself it doesn't make the most logical sense. So I look back and go, wow, that was brilliant. Thank you, Lord. How do you, when you're saying those prayers, what worked for you to kind of, get that guidance or, you know, hear to listen, you know what I mean? Right. Well, definitely spending time, active time with the Lord is certainly important and really seeking what his will is. And then you need to just have the courage to take a step of faith forward. And you don't always have all of the answers. I didn't have all of the answers. And so you get the best information that you can. You seek the counsel of those that are wise. But then in the long run, you have to follow what your own own gut is on that and take the courageous step forward. And like I said, during the recession, everybody was saying, hunker down, wait till everything blows over, don't spend any money. And I did absolutely the opposite of that. But I just believed that I needed to take the business forward and then things were confirmed along the way. As soon as I took a first step and other things were confirmed and, and off we went. So that's what it was for me. So taking the next step to spending that time confirming. Now the title of your book, right? The success lie truths about overcoming overwhelm and achieving peace of mind, which implies to me, Janelle, that there was a time in your life where you felt overwhelmed and did not have peace of mind. Did that happen after 2009 for you? You know, there were up and downs certainly throughout, have been all through my business journey. And I think that for me, it really came 
into effect with the recession, yes, but there were other times too. And really in working with other business leaders and finding we were all facing the same things, that we were taking on too much. I, as the business started gaining traction, as, as we started being recognized, as you, know, you mentioned, I was honored with some awards. When that happens, more people will come and ask you, will you participate in this? Will you serve on this board? Mm -hmm. Can you be part of this project? And I loved to say yes. And so I found that I was loved to help people and I was adding more and more and more to my plate and got to a place that I was ready to topple over. It just wasn't a sustainable practice. And I actually ended up having a bit of a health issue that made me realize that good grief, time out, I have got to really take control of my life and make sure that I'm focusing on what's most important. And how is that affecting uh, things that were happening at home for you as a businesswoman? Well, it definitely was a very busy time in growing my business and having young children at home. And I felt like anytime I wasn't at work, I was carting my children from one activity to the other and certainly feeling overwhelmed by all of that. And so the impact at home really I was very good at putting family first and then doing this in my business and telling my team members the same thing where I got in trouble for myself. As I said, I had a health issue. I was so busy taking care of everybody else, my kids, my family and my business and my team members and clients. And all these other things that you've said yes to boards yes. and committees and opportunities and, you know, events, right? Cause I understand right. when you start doing well, people yes. like I want her on the team because you know why? She makes stuff happen. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I ended up losing myself in the process and talking mm -hmm. to a lot of other business owners and leaders that I coach now will say the same thing. I mean, I wasn't taking enough vacation time. I wasn't taking time to really unplug, wasn't taking time to focus on my own health. And we're just not any good to anybody else if we don't take care of ourselves first. And it's okay. We can give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves. And so often we put that aside and we're so busy taking care of everything else. So. Yeah, isn't that true? Now, when you say the success lie, right, what is that lie that you're talking about? Well, the reason that I called the book the success lie is I founded my own pursuit of success that there is a lie in the world today. And it's really become an epidemic that so many people have bought into it and they just don't even know it. Uh, the success lie. And entrepreneurs and business professionals have bought into this lie that in order to achieve success, you've got to do more and more and take on more projects and more responsibilities. And they're just overwhelmed and overcommitted. Mm -hmm. And it's just not sustainable. Uh, people are overcommitted and they're overscheduled and they're overwhelmed. And so I was compelled to write this book as I've been there. And I wanted to share there was another way. It really is your choice to get off this treadmill that society says is the way to success. I had to do that for myself and I want to show others that they can do it too and have a life that is full and abundant, but not where you're sacrificing your sanity in the process. Yeah. And you talked about doing more. It's interesting. We work with a lot of, you know, the younger generations, I would say, you know, 20 to 30 year olds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of their biggest things, I think that also creates stress and anxiety and overwhelm is they're really busy in the doing 
but they also feel like they don't know if what they're doing is the right thing. They almost have this fear of making a wrong decision. So they kind of stay stuck. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And, you know, when, and I think a lot of us kind of feel that way, right? We almost get to this place like, you know, we've been at this place to, you know, so long. If we make a transition, I kind of lose this traction. So then I look externally for what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So here's a question, right? So when you are thinking about keeping up with those expectations, keeping up with how we've been taught by the world, what success is. And then you're starting to really feel this overwhelm. Like, man, I'm at my breaking point. Like it's sun, like, I think I can't remember the number, but it was significant. I think it was a study published in monster.com. And I think it was something like 87 in the 80 percentile of Americans on Sunday night, thinking about the work ahead have some kind of literal physical or emotional reaction, thinking about the work week coming up. Right. So I mean, you're talking about an issue that almost everybody listening anywhere in the world is probably dealing with that. So for yourself personally, Janelle, how did you over, you know, start to overcome that and succeed? Good question. Well, I found for myself when I really came to the realization that I wanted to take my life back Mm -hmm. is I needed to really set the time aside to look at my life. And so it started with a decision. It started with a decision. I'm and not where I want to be. Right, I'm in that gap that we are talking about, the gap of here's where I am, here's yeah. where I want to be, and there is a gap between here and there. And what do I need to do to close that gap? We're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Have you ever read a classic book and then reread it months or years later? John and I do this with How to Win Friends and Influence People. I know many people that do this with Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell and many others. Well, Blinkist allows you to reread the key thoughts and insights of these books, as well as 2,500 more, most in less than 15 minutes. John and I both signed up for Blinkist last year, and we are big fans. I recently reread the Blinkist summary for How to Win Friends once a night for a few consecutive nights right before bed just to get those concepts in my conscious and subconscious minds. The app says that that one's a 21-minute read, but I got it done in around 15 minutes. I also re-reviewed other books like The Lean Startup, Played Bigger, Launched by Jeff Walker, The War of Art, many, many more. Read via their mobile app, which is beautifully designed, or at the website, or export to your Kindle. You can even listen to the audio versions on the go or while you read along. Here's the best part. You can try Blinkist for a free seven-day trial. Embedded in the summary of this MP3 is our affiliate link, which you can access at eternalleadership.com slash blink. That's eternalleadership.com slash blink. And if you subscribe by using that link we provide, it's an easy way to help support the work that John, Sandra, Phidias, Daisy, and myself are doing to keep this show going for you. We only want to promote products and services that we personally use and are fans of, and this is one of them. Check out that affiliate link, eternalleadership.com slash blink to learn more. Thanks. So have you ever heard of the term gestalt? I haven't, no. So gestalt is, anybody out there a psychology major, you can correct me. Here's my understanding. is when we're looking at something, you know, thinking about it mentally, you know, think about, you know, when you're hiking and you jump over a little creek bed, you don't want to get your tennis shoes wet. Uh I can make this little jump, right? 
But if, I, if I'm looking and it's a six foot gap between ledges and it's a 30 foot drop down to the canyon floor, that now is too big of a jump for me to make. Mm-hmm. And what you're t- describing is I think a lot of people have got drifted slowly so far off where they wanted to be. That gap seems so big. Like, you know, how do I ever possibly get back to where I dreamed of, where I want to be or where I even like to be? So how do you help people in that situation where even the thought of getting from where I am to where I want to go is even almost overwhelming? Well, it's just about taking the first step. I think we can get so overwhelmed by trying to get ourselves where we want to be. And it just starts with simply stopping and taking some time to reflect on Mm -hmm. where are you now? Where are you living on automatic, which is what I call it in my book. And I talk about a story in the book of my husband and I live in Birch Bay, which is a beautiful area on the ocean in the Northwest. And we love to take our kayaks out on the ocean. But If you know what the ocean is like, you have to be careful. If you're not watching where you're going, if you're not paying attention, you can get caught up and you can start to drift out to sea. And where we live, there's a thoroughfare where the big cruise ships go through and the tankers. And one time we weren't paying attention. We were out there watching the beautiful sunset and we looked up and saw that the shore was way further off than we thought it was. And we the tides, had drifted, the currents had pulled you out? Carried us out, and we were drifting out to sea. Oh and out in the thoroughfare is a huge cruise ship, 14 stories high. And that was not something that our little kayak wanted to face. And that's a perfect example of ending up where you did want to be. And our lives can be like that, like you say. We can get so caught up in the busyness of our lives, of working, of taking care of our families, of getting back to our communities that slowly, sometimes it can take years, but we drift and we find ourselves in a place that that we didn't want to be, for sure. And the solution is that we just need to stop. We need to first make the choice, as we talked about, and then we need to evaluate where are those areas in our lives that I'm living on automatic, where I've allowed myself to drift to end up in a place that I don't want to be. And I have seven life areas that I focus on in in my book, uh, physical, mental, spiritual, uh, your career, uh, fun and fitness, and your family and relationships, and your finance is the seventh. And you look at each of those areas and determine where you might be living on automatic, what needs to change for you. And you just start simply there. And if you can pick even one or two things that, you know what, my health is an area that I really drifted off of and I need to focus on getting that back on track. And you've set some goals around that of how that's going to happen. But that's where it starts. And then just one step at a time to be able to get your life back on track. Yeah. And when you say um, living on automatic, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, living on automatic is this unconscious living. So if you think about the fact that a lot of what we do throughout the day, we do automatically. If you think of your drive home from work, most of us take the same route home every day and we don't even think about it. It's automatic. Uh, We typically all have a morning routine, whether we think we do or not, where we're doing the same thing pretty much in the same order every day. That's automatic. So sometimes where we're living on automatic is serving us well, 
and in other areas, these habits that have developed this unconscious living is taking us places that are unhealthy and not where we want to be. So that's what automatic living is. Yeah. And, you know, so here's something interesting, and I know you know this, uh, fully 40% of the actions that we choose on a daily basis are actually from our habits. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an event, there's a cue that happens in our world, our life, whether it's waking up or somebody walks in, right? That, you know, we have a good relationship or they're a little bit challenging or whatever. We right. are going to deal with that situation in a certain way with our kids, with our spouse, whatever it happens to be. And then I love what you said, right? We actually need that time to slow down and say, okay, is that habit serving me well? Is that moving me toward an outcome I want to take? Because if you can focus on the, like you said, I think the key for me is if I can focus on the present and that next small step and put that future focus on where I'd like to go versus focusing on how big maybe that gap is, Right. then I could actually just start taking these small steps and then I could look back and go, oh my goodness, look at it's been 90 days. Let's celebrate the fact that, hey, I've lost 15 pounds. I don't have any more arguments with my wife and things are going a little bit better at work because we got to give ourselves some grace also because habits take some time and intentionality to change. So we're going to mess up. We're going to get frustrated. It's going to be annoying, but it's going to take some time to start developing some different and new habits. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And I know that your listeners out there, that most of them are high achievers and we're really bad at setting this high bar for ourselves, and it's never good enough. And what I always encourage the entrepreneurs and leaders that I coach is give yourself grace, like you said, and give yourself that pat on the back for those areas of your life that you are on track and celebrate that too. Because as you look at these different life areas and how you're doing, you're going to find that some of those you're doing really well in you may be doing really well in your relationships, as an example, that you have a strong relationship with your kids, with your spouse, um, that you have good friendships. And that may be an area that you're doing really well. So celebrate those things where, where you're doing well. Give yourself that credit. So important. So some really great just value bombs takeaways right now. First one is make a decision. So you got to figure out kind of what you, so which means I got to figure out kind of where I'm at now. I need to get some clarity on where I am, where I'm going, slow down, kind of focus on the present, do it in community, take those small steps. And one of the things you talk about in the book, Janelle, is intentional cal- calendaring. Can you share a little bit more about that and, you know, and why that is something you really focused on? You bet. You know, this situation and developing this process of intentional calendaring came with just a simple phone call from a friend. And I was in my office working and I had a colleague, good friend of mine that called that I hadn't seen in a long time. And she wanted to get together for lunch. And I said, just a minute, let me pull out my calendar and I pull up my outlook and I'm looking through it and looking at this week, nothing next week, nothing. And I was about two months out before I had time in my calendar for this person. And I really wanted to see this friend. I hadn't seen her in a long time. And this realization came on me that this is ridiculous. I packed my calendar so full of all these really good things, but I'm not able to spend time with this friend. I don't have any margin. I don't have any space to be able just to go to lunch with this friend that I would like to see. Mm. And so out of that, I put together this process of intentional calendaring. 
which is really about looking at your calendar and what is your top priorities, knowing what your top priorities are, putting those things in your calendar first and filling it up with those things and then eliminating those other things. You know, like we talked about, I had my calendar so stacked with all of these great opportunities that I'd been a part of, but I felt that I was not having space to go for those things that were really important to me as much as I needed them to be. Yeah. And I think as you look at that, right, we have to create for ourselves a way, a lens, a filter, a process, and what to say yes to and what to say no to. Mm-hmm. Because when we're saying yes to something, we're saying no to something else. It could be spending lunch with a, a friend. It could be right. going to my son's baseball tournament. It could be having the time to work out and get back in shape or just spending time with my family. And if we're not you know, taking that time also as we slow down to really understand kind of our personal vision statement, our mission, our purpose. One of my clients, when I started working with them, Janelle, was on seven boards because they hated to say no. Every one of them was an amazing cause doing great work and he was all in. And I said, okay, which of these seven just line up with who you want to be, what you want to be known for and would just light you up versus what you felt just responsible to saying yes and no to? Well, when he looked at all those, he ended up either resigning or not renewing from five of those boards. Mm, And he told me that somebody called him and said, hey, we want you to be on the board for the Boys and Girls Club. Right. Right. There's a lot of work in that whole community. And he said, you know what? I can't do that right now. And here's why. And the person from the Boys and Girls Club thanked him for clarity and a decision because he goes, you wouldn't believe how many people say, well, let me think about it. Let me get back to you. We have to follow up with people. And I got to tell you, his life has transformed by understanding his marriage, his relationship with his kids and his business has almost tripled. He's gotten back in shape and it was just a simple process of actually for him to sit down and figure out, you know, what am I going to say? What is important to have in my calendar? So I love that. One of the things I do is I block out Monday afternoons and Fridays. You can't schedule an appointment there. Mm. I want to go do something with a friend or I want to clean up or I want to have a three day weekend depending on what's going on. Right. My assistant, myself, I don't. So I've actually, you know, here's something else, a perspective. I've come, my audience is pretty familiar with my accident because as an entrepreneur and I've built a number of tech companies, working you know, 60 to 80 hours a week was something I just did. I mean, you had to do what was required. Right, sure. Achieving the success, right? And, and I agree with you. There is a success lie buried deep in there. And what I have found after my accident, building this company now that we do work in, my goodness, right now we're doing work on three continents and just things are going better than I ever thought. Because coming out of the accident, I literally could work about eight to 10 hours a week, Janelle. And this was four Mm. years ago. And what I realized was in partnership with the father, working eight to 10 hours a week, and now it's a little bit more than that, I can do more with him in 20, 30 hours a week than I ever did on my own 60 to 80 hours a week. Isn't that so true? That's great. Right. What you talked about, right? You can actually, what if you just accepted this notion you can succeed wildly according to something that honors God, honors yourself, your family, and your own values on 40 mm-hmm. hours a week or less. I believe it because I've seen it personally. Have, now, have you been able to get things into that area yourself? Yes, absolutely. I've put in a number of success habits in place for myself. And now that I teach those to other leaders 
And I really believe that now I achieve much more and I work much less. That just seems to not make sense to a lot of people, I'm sure, listening in. But you really can work less and achieve more by putting the right habits in place and having your priorities really taking charge of your schedule. And I actually book my calendar out a year in advance. I'm looking out a year in advance and putting in my top priorities, which for me, the very first priority, uh, of course, you know, keeping God at the center of everything. But that first priority after that health uh, scare of mine is focusing on myself and making sure that I am taking care of myself, that I'm eating well, that I have an exercise routine. And, and doing all of those things to take care of Janelle. And that goes in my calendar first. And then I put my family events and I'm able to look out at my kids' school calendars, you know, in a, a year in advance, they have those that are out. And I put all those important dates in there ahead of time. And then my own continuing education and development and those things, uh, those community things that I am involved in, I'm still on a couple of boards. And then what you have left is this small space and that's where all the work goes. And it's amazing how when you compress time and you have less time that you can actually with the right habits that you can get so much more done. So that's worked really well for me. Well, thank you for sharing that, man. I really hope that that gave a lot of hope to some people out there listening going, man, I am doing something wrong. And trust me, if you're working more than 40 hours a week, you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you you know, think about on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like you are the most peaceful, chilled you've ever been. One is like you are just in the middle of this giant hairball that's just spinning around you, right? Where are you on that scale of one to 10? If you're not a seven, eight, nine, right? Here's the good news is moving toward that life you want to create, Janelle's done it right? I've been able to do it. So, but it's going to take some, you know, here's the thing though, that a lot of people don't like to hear, in my opinion, it's going to take some work because mm-hmm. you're talking about changing habits. You're talking about right. developing new habits. You're talking about changing mindsets. You're probably talking about interacting and having conversations with people than a different thing you've done before. So going through change can be challenging. It can be hard, but when you do that in community or you do that with a coach, like the work that you do, the work that I do, man, that is an accelerator. So speaking of that, how do people, Janelle, get in touch with you? What's your website? Where do they find your book? You know, tell us a little bit more how do people can connect and get in contact with you? You bet. Well, my book again is called The Success Lie and it's available anywhere your favorite books are sold. So Amazon or Barnes and Noble, um, you can go to www.thesuccesslie.com, which is my website. Thesuccesslie.com, okay. You got it. And then you can learn more. There's also a link to the book and to my programs and just lots of great value content in there to help you get started and taking your life back. You don't have to buy into the lie anymore. You have the choice. And our listeners in the Pacific Northwest or that have friends up there, what's your company name that's up there? Legacy Leader. Okay, legacy leader, if you're up there. So here's kind of like how I'd like to end, wrap this up, because we just talked about it, and it's been a subtext of our conversation. And that's really this thing we just talked about with peace of mind. And it seems like such a, a lofty goal, sometimes unobtainable, but you've achieved it. And I gotta tell you, just sharing with people, we're on video, Janelle and I, and we have this wonderful 
conversation, I could tell you, your countenance, you're just smiling. You'd look totally relaxed. Uh, like if you met Janelle, you would never guess that she's the woman running a family, a marriage, a 400 person business across three states, right? I think that's awesome. So I, I would, your level of peace and joy, it just comes across. And so right now, you know, you're kind of at the, you know, you've gone through the process. So right now looking at you is like, wow, she makes that look easy. So what is your advice to our listeners out there right now who are not at that level of peace that you're at now, but are maybe feeling that discontent, right? That overwhelm that you were in. Mm-hmm. How did you get there? Like, what's that last thing you'd maybe like to leave with people of like a final thought on a transformational movement they can make in addition to what you've already shared? Well, I would say at the bottom line is it's really a mindset. And we talked about challenges early on, John, and it's not if we're going to face challenges in life, it's when we're going mm-hmm. to face them. And for me, it's having that mindset of optimism and that perspective that when we go through times of challenge, we can use those as our teachers and we can learn and grow from those. And so if we look at our challenges that way, then we get through them and it helps us to be stronger in character, helps us to be more compassionate for others. And it really gives us that full and abundant life that I believe that we all want and that we're all called to have. But it is a choice. And sometimes it's easier on some days than other days, but really it is that choice that I'm going to have this optimistic mindset. And that just makes life better. I love that. I just wrote down and underlined, it's a choice, right? We can have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. We can choose to be a victor or we can choose to be a victim. We can choose to stay stuck in a job that we hate, or we can choose to either look at our job differently or make a choice to move on. And in every one of those places, God is there to partner with you. I'll guarantee you, you can find people around you to partner with in community, to encourage you, to help you, to maybe uh, challenge your thinking, to maybe look at an opportunity differently or find something else. So I love that. It's a choice. 100% agree with that. And Janelle, this has just been a pleasure, a joy. I'm so glad we got connected. I look forward to following up. And if you ever get here to Denver, I'd love to see you in person. If I get, ever get up to your part of the world, uh, my wife and I would love to get together with you and your husband. So uh, That'd be great. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. And I look forward to staying in touch. And I just encourage everybody out there to just think about, take one thing you heard Janelle talked about and just sit down, uh, whether you journal or you have something on your phone or your iPad or your computer and just write down what is one small step that you could do right now to move you toward a different kind of success, a success that's more fulfilling, more in alignment with who you are, that can move you toward that place of, I think, more peace, more joy, and like you said, a place of being fully alive, right? John 10, 10. So love that. Thank you, Janelle. You're awesome. Thank you so much, John. John.